This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with the Jewish Journal. Check them out at jewishjournal.com. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, israelnationalnews.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit 2njb.com slash donate. The Western Wall, the outer wall of the ancient temple in Jerusalem, the site to which millions of Jews in Israel and around the world do a pilgrimage to pray and to place a small note with their deepest ambitions between the cracks of those ancient stones. For decades, shortly after Israel reconquered Jerusalem in 1967, women and men prayed at the wall separately according to traditional Orthodox customs meaning women could not read from the Torah or wear tefillin or talit, customs of the reform movement, which barely existed in Israel or exists. As ties between American Jewry and Israel grew stronger and more Americans began to visit Israel and the Western Wall, and the Western Wall, a group of women rose up and decided to stand up for their religious freedoms. This is how Women of the Wall was born. Over the years, women of the wall have demanded their right to pray and worship as they wish, often demonstrating and protesting the restrictions. Recently, they achieved a great breakthrough. But has the fight really ended? Today, we are joined by Yochi Rapaport, Executive Director of Women of the Wall, to talk about religious freedoms in Israel. Thank you so much Hello. for joining us. Thank you for having so me. So what do you guys want? <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> yeah. Before we get started, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at the International Robotics Camp for Girls 2020 in Germany. Over the period of a week or two in Germany, your kids will have the opportunity to explore the STEM fields and do some incredible, incredible stuff. Visit www.robotics-institute.com. That's robotics-institute.com to read more about the camp. The camp is taking place at the Hamburg University of Technology in Germany in the summer of 2020. Hamburg is an industrial center and a research heavyweight in the areas of marine technology, aerospace, and renewable energies. And Germany is the country that pioneered industrial metal 3D printing. So at Hamburg University of Technology, high school girls aged 15 to 17 from all over the world will be able to learn and use advanced additive manufacturing technologies and will visit real industrial companies that use these technologies. This is a super unique opportunity made possible by Robotics Institute and powered by corporate partners in high tech that even engineering students rarely get. And this year, the International Robotics Camp for Girls 2020 is coming to Tel Aviv. This Tuesday on December 17th, you'll have the rare opportunity to meet Alexis, the founder, and Noah, one of the Israeli participants, at the Goethe Institute in Tel Aviv between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. Again, that's the Goethe, G-O-E-T-H-E, the Goethe Institute, at number 4 Weizmann Street between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. Don't miss out. I want to start off with a few things. Um, that Eitan mentioned. The first one is that what we want is basic. You said um, that our our battle started off um, with we're asking to pray. We're asking with a very, very simple and basic goal that women, Jewish women, will be able to pray freely in the Jewish country with the beautiful Jewish items. You said that these are reformed traditions. No, they're not. They're Jewish traditions. That the tefillin, the talit, reading from a Torah scroll, praying. But These are Jewish traditions. But, and what we want yeah. is that women will be able to pray in a way that makes us connected to our service to God. Also, kippah. Traditionally, though, yes. hold on. Traditionally, these, these, these tradition, traditionally, these traditions, traditionally, these, <laughs> these uh, accessories and these customs and these rituals have, have been performed mostly meaning like 99.9% of the time by men. You don't and have know been restricted that. to men. There are seven commandments in Judaism, in the Orthodox law, that are time-consuming, that women are not obligated to fulfill these commandments. One of them, yes, is talit. The other one is tefillin. Part of them are also uh, to hear the shofar blowing on Rosh Hashanah, sitting in the sukkah. 
that the um, rabbis 2000 years ago said, you know what, women, you don't have to fulfill these commandments. Why? Because you don't have time for these commandments. And women said, you know what, you're right. We're so busy raising the kids, cleaning the house, laundry, doing everything, but having a life that we feel connected to, a Jewish life that we feel connected to, that they said we really don't have time for it. And who wrote history? Men did. Who wrote Jewish history? Men did. I know of a few women who did. And God. And, Fam- well, famously, no. Rashi's daughters, right? Uh, Rashi's daughters, Michal, the daughter of Saul, King Saul. She put on the tefillin. But um, sages always said that if women want to fulfill these commandments, if a woman says that she wants to lay in the tefillin every day, vivakasha, please go for it. And kippa also? Kippa is a, is a custom of the, fi- the last 500 years. It's not something that was that's part of the Torah. I mean, tefillin and, and tzitzit are. The kippah is not. It's something that's supposed to say there's someone on top of you. God's on top of you. So you'll see a lot of religious people. It's not the official only... explanation, though, right? Or is it? I mean, what yeah. of kippah? Yeah, uh, there is. There's nothing like in the Bible that say, states you should put a. It says yarmaka. <laughs> no, there's nothing in the Bible that says you should put. Yeah, a it's an interpretation on. to hold. There's something above you. No, ah, it's a well, tradition that started a, a few hundred years ago. Yeah, but the explanation that you wear the kippah because there's someone no, above. No, but I mean, the point is anything that isn't in the Bible is therefore an interpretation, right? I mean, if you're yeah. claiming that but the Bible everything... is the word of God, then anything else that has been added afterwards is some kind of interpretation. Yeah, but Over the years, very few women decided to pray with the Talit and Tfilin because they didn't have to. And therefore, tradition was that women do not fulfill these commandments, but... Throughout history, you always had evidence of women who came out and said, we want to feel more connected, and this is our way to feel connected. But more than that, over the past few decades, more and more women, not reform, orthodox women, and even if they're reform and conservative, perfect, came out and said, we want to own Judaism again. We want to feel connected. We want to take an, an active role in Judaism. And some of them put on Wait, the talit and tefillin. But you had, you said you had several fixes to the text. Okay, so this is so that that's one. the first one. Um, the second, you want to give me the text? <laughs> the Let's second. go over the text for a second. <laughs> I feel like Let's we're see. with Sheftel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we just interviewed Sheftel yesterday, and he had, had a lot. You of also said that throughout history, yeah. men and women did not pray together at the Western Wall. Pictures, historical pictures, show men and women praying there together. No, but the since, separation. since the since sixty seven, not since sixty seven, okay, but since, uh, since seventy two or so, as but you said. But before that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I okay, think, but before that. I think if I if you look, it's <laughs> <laughs> look at section. I, I may refer refer. So women to of the wall B. have demanded their right to pray and worship as they wish. We demand what Israel is all about: to be able to practice our Judaism freely. I thought Israel is about letting the ultra-Orthodox decide for all of us. So I'm happy I'm here to tell you that it's not true. Well, I mean, that is what Israel is about today. Is- <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like what's happening. And that's why we're here to change. Yeah. Judaism does not belong to anyone, to any side. I don't own Judaism, and they don't either. We all have the right to say we practice Judaism according to our way. But they... But the- they- the Western Wall is the symbol of Israel. It's the symbol of the Jewish nation. And it didn't get its, um, its way to be a symbol by nothing. Jews for 2,000 years prayed to return to the only remnant of the Second Temple, the Western Wall. Who turned the Western Wall into a holy site? Did God? No, we did. All of us did. That's only because Men there is women. no God. <laughs> anyway, yeah. And I'm, I'm diversing, and we <laughs> lost half of our that's, listeners. That's what's called a troll. <laughs> um, but I, but you're saying you nobody has a monopoly, but in fact they do have like the the all orthodox or, and ultra orthodox here in Israel. They have a monopoly on kosher. The, you can't even use the word kosher. Right. Uh, it's and forbidden by the it. law. You, you, they have monopoly on gear, on conversion. They have monopoly on getting married, getting divorced, uh, getting divorced, burial. So they have a monopoly. So you, so, so but like who reality, gave them the monopoly? Okay, so reality needs to change. Reality needs to change. Israel is not 
a country that can afford that Judaism will will be owned by one side. So Judaism against... was never about it. I'm for ev- for respect. But respect is a two-way street. There is no respect for, for the Orthodox and the ultra-Orthodox. They only respect those who follow their ways. I disagree no? with you. I know many ultra-Orthodox who don't come and demonstrate against us. Many ultra-Orthodox who say, this is our way and you have your way and it's both right. No one owns the truth. They will never say that to gay people. Most of them. The question is, is I think... The question is whether or not there's a separation of church and state. Like well, obviously in the, in the, not. So, so hold on. So I think there's a question because in the United States, for example, if you, you want it, there's religious freedom. If you want to do whatever you want, you can. So let's go to the extreme here, because if we're claiming it's a Jewish state, wh- like the question, I guess, is where do what you draw Jewish? the line? Because once you say that the state has some kind of tie to religion, then there needs then then it's up to interpretation to decide what is that religion. I mean, for example, in Judaism, you're not allowed to bow down to idols. So if there was total freedom of religion here, Justin Timberlake would be, yeah, would be uh, <laughs> he would have his own new temple. god. <laughs> but but could you? I mean, you get what I'm saying. Where do you draw the line, or is there no line, and should there be complete freedom of religion? I think that um, there should be. Um, separation between state and religion in Israel. Unfortunately, um, the lack of separation between state and religion has only um, drawn people away from religion and from Judaism because the average Israeli associates um, religion with corruption, immorality, insanity. And what we're trying to say here is that no, Judaism can and be... And sweat during the summer. <laughs> I think that Judaism is much more um, is much more than that. It's beautiful, and when we see the monopoly of the chief rabbinate, when we see that my mother cannot, or not my mother, because I didn't marry within the rabbanut, um, but women cannot pr- um, participate under the chupa, when women cannot say kaddish when they're burying someone. So what do they say? They say that Judaism is against women, but Judaism is not against women. They turn Judaism against women. And you know what? Maybe the Orthodox uh, Judaism did is discriminate against women. But Judaism is not only about the Orthodox law. There's conservative, there's reform, and the state of Israel should acknowledge all of those streams. Wait, but is the Orthodox law discriminative against women, yes or no? It I is. think for the most part, no. In some cases, yes. But I think there is a way to work with it and to um, adjust it to modern times. And it's not like laws are laws. If you start to adjust well, give them. Give an example. What's a discriminatory well, law? Well, the fact that, that when you divorce, you need to, uh, uh, like the ceremony is highly... Um, uh, dependent on the, on the it's man. dependent on the man and it's 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 humiliating in a sense toward the women for example that's just a simple example or the fact that the woman ha- has a period when a woman has a period right she has restrictions on her for example um by the way it, i i was now in in naples and in, in naples in the south of italy in puglia and turns out women there there's this uh, there's this fate um, tradition that women uh, having a period cannot go to the kitchen. And I thought to myself, <laughs> this is probably like, uh, these are probably descendant uh, of the yeah, Jewish yeah, mo- yeah, Marani, like um, Maronites. Maronites. Believe me, period or no period, my husband does not let me get anywhere near the kitchen. So. <laughs> well... <laughs> but, but, okay, so my, so back so to yes, my question. maybe in some points, look, what do you mean in some points? In some, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest here. In some okay. points, yes, maybe um, Judaism is against women, but we have to work within it and to see how we can make the most out of it so women don't feel like they're second-class citizens here. You have to remember that all of these um, interpretations, um, you have to look at it in an historical eye, how they developed. And they developed by having uh, ignorant women so, of course, women cannot learn Torah because uh, they were ignorant. They religion, were trying to keep them really. at home. 
I want to deal with two points. So one is that Judaism was against women throughout the ages, you feel? I don't think um, Judaism was against women. I think sages who interpreted Judaism, interpreted the halakha, the Jewish law, they weren't against women, but they worked with what they knew. And what they knew was not having women going out and having uh, a spiritual life or learning when did it all change? A few hundred years ago when women started studying uh, um, secular studies and then sages came out and said, oh, different rabbis came out and said, well, if they're studying secular studies, they have to, they must study Jewish law, halakha, because we can't keep them ignorant with everything that has to do with the Jewish law because they're going to study the secular law and they're going to leave everything. So, and then they came out and they said, no, we want to keep them with us. And that's what I'm saying today. You want to keep women within um, religion? Let us feel apart. Don't let me come to synagogue, sit on the side or sit in the back and be silent. Let but me that's feel a connected. Certain, that's a certain way of feeling. I mean, there are ways in which everyone Jewish will feel women... connected in their way. I feel connected yeah. in my way, so I have the right to feel connected in my way. So the not... state of Israel cannot discriminate against me at the symbol of the Jewish nation because what they're saying is basically we're going to discriminate against you in the public sphere in general. As long as the monopoly over the Kotel takes place, the monopoly over religion takes place in the rest of Israel. And that's what we're trying to break. The fact that Judaism belongs to everyone. What's wrong about that? Mm-hmm. I accept their side. All I'm asking for is that they accept my side. I'm not trying to convince them that I'm right. Yep. I'm saying that there's more than one truth. So, I mean, traditionally speaking, going back to what we were speaking about before, what we started off the episode, historically, this is, I know you took issue with the fact that we called it reform customs. But I think, I mean, I, I don't know. You, you You claim that men wrote history, so maybe... It's all kind of been, you know, swept under the rug and no, nothing's talked about. But from the history that we do have, from the recorded history that we do have, it seems that for the most part, Orthodox Judaism, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know about restricted or, or dictated, but in the realms of Orthodox Judaism, women did not... They didn't these. have to. They didn't have to. So and they generally did not. Okay. So what? Okay. But sages always but said, saying, if you want to, go ahead. No, no. But I'm always I'm saying that it is. This is. This can be defined as a stream, and that stream is Reform Judaism, and meaning people in Orthodox Judaism today, women don't put tefillin on. I would say 99 percent of women in Orthodox Judaism don't put tefillin on today. I don't think you're right. Maybe 90%, but you have 10% who want to. And you're looking at one example. You're, uh, um, you are... Uh... I'm Orthodox, yeah. and I learned the tefillin every day. So this what was the this conversation mean? we had before the recording because we were conversing about whether or not... Like, it, it comes to the matter of can you self-define in religion? And where's the limit? to the, Like, I can say I'm Orthodox... And Meaning I eat pork. These definitions descri- no, these definitions, <laughs> I think that's the point, that these definitions define a group. And the question is, if you're in the group or out of the group, is not determined by a single individual, it's determined by the group. You get what I'm saying? Or is that, do you disagree? But you have modern orthodoxy today, and they'll define me as orthodox. So what's the difference here? No, but then again, that's what I'm saying. So they're modern orthodox. There's orthodox, okay. there's modern orthodox. But there's I think even orthodox. In, I think even in the realm of modern orthodox, most women probably don't put feeling on. Because they don't want to, but they don't say that women can't. Okay. One the rabbis, or I don't know what even what modern orthodox. Many other... rabbis will agree with the fact there's no halachic um, restriction of women putting on the tefillin or the uh, talit or even reading from the Torah. But scroll. segregation in, in prayer, yeah, that that is halakha. It's not segregation, it's a separation. Separation. Okay, and women of the wall pray as a group of women. But you just mentioned that in the synagogue you sit in the back and that bothers you. I don't sit in the back because I choose to go to a synagogue where... I sit exactly. as equal. There is a separation there. There is a mechitza there because uh-huh. I choose to go to one. It's a private synagogue. It's a private bit knesset 
where I can choose to go to a reform synagogue where men and women sit together, a conservative synagogue. I can go to an ultra-Orthodox synagogue where I sit in the back and I cannot sing out loud. But when I go to the Kotel, I want to be equal there. So the Kotel is not a private synagogue, and that's what we're fighting for. So no, no I, if, I agree. But if it was up to you, no separation in the Kotel at all? No, I think that there should be a separation because we're trying to get everyone to feel comfortable when they go to pray at the Kotel. Mm-hmm. But there should also be a place for um, a mixed area where men and women can pray together. Women of the Wall, by the way, we pray at the women's section. And we should be able to pray according to our tradition, meaning that we, pay, we pray out loud as a group of women with the talit, the prayer shawl, the tefillin, and reading from the Torah scroll. So why do you uh, define yourself as Orthodox? Because that's how I grew up. That's how I define myself. I don't see why I'm not Orthodox. Um, that's where I feel comfortable. I go to an Orthodox synagogue. Um, I'll send my daughter to a religious school. No, but I'm saying if, I mean, I was, I wasn't brought up from childhood as Orthodox, but during some of my formative years, I was Orthodox and I don't, I mean, I don't define myself as Orthodox today. So I don't know if being brought up as Orthodox, I'm, I'm wondering if there are any guidelines or it's just a matter of universal deciding, subjective guidelines or I it's just a matter usually, of deciding that I'm Orthodox. No, I think it's usually, there are a few lines. Uh, usually it's Shabbat and uh, Kashrut. Do I keep Shabbat? Yes. Do I keep Kashrut? For yes. you, it's Shabbat and Kashrut, but for others, it would be Shabbat Kashrut and, and, super, and uh, sitting in the back in the synagogue. No, because that has nothing to do with the in Orthodox y- law. In your opinion? No, with everyone's no, opinion. It, so, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> no, but that's the problem. No, no that's true, the problem. True. You're Israeli, right? You yeah. were born and raised here. And I know nothing about Halakha. So am I. Exactly. The Judaism that we grew up on is one, the old Orthodox way. That's what we saw from childhood, and that's what we know today. When they took you to uh, a bar mitzvah I didn't, trip. I didn't. Okay, so when usually they take uh, schools to a bar mitzvah trip, they go to a synagogue. God what forbid. synagogue? An Orthodox synagogue, and they show them the Orthodox way. And that's where you know that women have to sit in the back. Women cannot sing out loud. No, but it's there's not a true. whole, there's a whole like mesh between customs and halacha in Judaism, like, for example, with kashrut, right? So there are different sects of, there are different ethnicities which hold that you have to eat, uh, you have to wait a certain time after right. eating milk, milk until dairy, and certain ethnicities hold that it's an hour, and certain hold that it's three, and certain hold that it's six, and it's all customs, but in exactly. the end, it determines whether or not they're keeping a halacha. And everyone waits a different um, time, Right. Who's right? The Dutch? No, but the what, Germans? I, what I'm Who, saying is that right? across Orthodox Judaism, you would see kind of an insistence to separate between men and women. So even if it's not halacha, I'm saying customs have a very strong standing. Again, when I go to my synagogue, I pray with a separation between men and women. The question is, where is the separation? Is it in the middle, equal, where I feel apart, where I see everything going on, or... Do I have to sit in the back or yeah. on top? That's the biggest question. But th- I don't know why we're talking about that because not that's not the biggest question here. Why is Israel going according to the Orthodox law and the Orthodox law only? Israel was established for one reason, one reason only, to be a homeland for Jews, that everyone will know that they have a place to call home, home away from home. But I think that that's, that drives to the, that goes to the point, which is if you're a Jewish nation... How do you define Judaism? And that's the question that they avoided 71 years ago. Israel is a Jewish and a democratic state. We all know what democratic is. What's Jewish? By the way, and, we don't know what democratic is necessarily. Right, we're fighting always. that again today. Um, but what's but what Jewish? Is Jewish? And I think Jewish are many, many ways, and they're all legitimate. So if ways. tomorrow decide someone decides that they're Jewish, and I don't know, uh, a guy just off the top of my head by the name of Muhammad, decides that he's Jewish. Can he... There are three mainstreams in Judaism. There are a few others. But there's Reform, Conservative, and Orthodox. And then you have Reconstructionists and Liberal, etc. They all have different guidelines for who can join, who can convert. You can't just come in one day and say, I, I'm Jewish. No. There are certain ways, right? But Reform is a walk in the park. 
I, I disagree with you. But even if so, they keep people within Judaism. No, but I'm people saying... like to say that Reform Judaism destroyed um, Jews in, in the U.S., but that's not true. They saved Judaism there. They saved people within the community. I don't know if I think if you look at most Reform Jews in the United States, their connection to Judaism would be, you know, very, very little at, uh, at best, and it definitely dwindles you know, through the generations. So and like, if they did if, not have Reformed Judaism, if they did not have the Reformed Synagogue, where were they? Do you, did you think that they're going to be Orthodox? No, they're going to be completely at the other side, completely secular. Yeah. So Reformed Judaism is saving them. They're giving them the community that they need. But I don't know if it's saving them or if it's meshing the lines between Judaism and non-Judaism. Are you then, religious? No. Are you religious? No. Okay. Are you Jews? Yes. Yeah. Why? Because Culture. my mother is Jewish. Culture. Culture. Okay, <laughs> because you're Israeli, because that's what you know, right? And they're tradition. Jewish. Culture and you tradition. The state of Israel cannot tell them that they're not Jews. No, because our mother is Jewish. Jewish enough. Okay, and they think that if their father is Jewish, they're also Jewish. By the way, Who, the state of Israel says that he, oh, if, also if only your father or your grandparent is Jewish, you're Jewish you, enough for no, them. No, for enough the right of return. Yeah. yeah. To, to live okay, here, but and not then you live here, and then what happens? You don't have the same rights as yeah. the right Judaism. But you say they didn't decide what Jewish, but they did decide what's Jewish, the Orthodox way. No, they decided that, and how come? Well, because they control the politics. So who, the he who controls the the Knesset and the politics controls. The answer to the question, what is Judaism? And right now, Kaholavan and Lieberman are having an agreement. And Lieberman is going to get everything he wants within the state and religion um, agreement. Right. So are they still going to be in power? No. The Haredi, the ultra-Orthodox um, no, parties. Could. Ah, so, yeah. No, so they're they gonna won't be. be. So if, they, will if, they can change that. Yeah. And they'll be able to change it. So it can change, right? Absolutely. I'm, the I'm, whole situation of state and religion started out of respect when Ben Gurion wanted everyone to feel comfortable in the state of Israel. Yeah, that's the problem. When you res respect religion, they come and they f you over. Uh, I don't know <laughs> about that, but okay. I, I my my point is, I, I agree that it's changeable, and you know, I mean, anything can change in a democratic state, and I'd like to think that we live in at least somewhat of a democratic state. I mean, we have free elections, and you know, and there's a there's a rule of law for the most part. Um, but my question is, the day after, what I mean, what is the situation when you open the when you open the gates to say anybody can be Jewish? Because I still don't feel like I've gotten an answer. If if, you know, John Doe or Muhammad Doe wants to be Jewish and, you know, goes to America and finds it is welcomed in the embrace of some reform community and wants to make Aliyah, that's okay? okay? If he's Jewish, so yeah. It seems kind of like... A... If he converted through the reform conversion, which is not as easy as you but think But why ended at so reform? Yes. Why not say, what if I can start, convert however he what if wants I start to. my the Atonism, synagogue Jewishness. in the United <laughs> States? And I mean, like, what is the level of, I think uh, that we have our streams. I think that we have our streams and we, th I think we're going to stay with the streams that we know today, the three main streams. And, and that so we let know me today. rephrase Ethan's question. No, then. but because Judaism is not only about religion. The state of Israel is not only about religion. Judaism is a culture, as you said. Um, Judaism is is much more than what we made it out of. Okay, so no, I don't in the state Judaism... of Israel, let's ev let's have everyone feel Jewish enough. And you know what? Even if the state of Israel acknowledges only whoever her, their mother is Jewish, and if I want to have public transportation on Shabbat, if I want to have. Uh, a marriage um, that women participate in. If I want to marry um, another woman, would I be able to do that? I think we have to. Yeah, we, we complete. I completely agree. But just to play, we the, all agree with that. We yeah, all I, I, want change, and it all starts at the Western Wall. Okay. The symbol. So we we spoke a bit before that in 2013 there was kind of a big breakthrough in this. Uh, whereas decades prior to 2013, women were not allowed to do these things at the at the wall. Um, was there an actual law against it? Yes. 
Um, women of the Wall is an organization that started 31 years ago by coincidence. A group of women wanted to have a service, about around 70 women wanted to have a service. The hotel said, no, you have a tourist girl, you cannot have it here. So they went to the most natural place that a group of uh, Jews will, will pray at, the Western Wall. And they came in and they did something that never happened there before. They prayed out loud and they got a lot of nasty looks. And then um, they did another thing that never happened there before. They started reading from the Torah scroll. And <sighs> then the physical, yeah, you know. Dum, dum, dum. What a crime. <laughs> and then um, there was a lot of physical violence trying to take the Torah scroll out of their hands violently. And the group of women went back home. Most of them were American. One of them was Anat Hoffman, the chairwoman of Women of the Wall until today. And they said, we cannot have it. Anat says she avoided the Western Wall for so many years because she thought it belongs to the old Orthodox community. And then she said, no, we have to do something. And they established Women of the Wall and started going to the Western Wall month after month, every Rosh Chodesh, raining, snowing, terror attacks. I went there when I was nine months pregnant. And when the rabbi of the Western Wall, Yaakov Getz, realized that this group of women are not going anywhere, he came out with a law saying that one may not conduct a religious ceremony that goes against local custom that hurts the feelings of the worshipers. <laughs> what, a, what a law. <laughs> How uh... The rabbi of the Western Wall is appointed by the government of Israel. His laws are accepted by the government so of Israel. He passed so, a law. What does that mean? Did he lobby in the legislature or did he, is, does he control the Western he Wall? He controls the Western Wall. So he, it's not really a law. It's more just like a guideline that people have to follow. It's a religious, it's a... It's a dictate. Takana. Takana. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the municipalities can pass. Uh, it's the Western Walls law. Okay. And we started asking. I mean, they started asking. I wasn't born then. What is local custom? What's the tradition of the place? And the rabbi said, it's my tradition. From 1967 until 1988, I controlled the Western Wall. And according to my tradition, women cannot pray out loud with the talit, with the tefillin, and the Torah scroll. Why? Because if they pray that way, it might hurt the feelings of the worshippers. And then you have to ask yourself, where are the worshippers at the Western Wall? Didn't we all turn the Western Wall into a holy site? Women, reform, conservative? And that's what we're fighting, that law. So in 2013, after three years that women were actually arrested at the Western Wall, for what? for praying with a talit and reading from the Torah scroll, okay? They can go to jail. If you violate the rabbi's law, you can go to jail for seven years or pay a 10,000 shekel fine, $3,000 fine. It is. Violating the law, sitting in jail for what? For praying with a Jewish item at the Western Wall? That's ridiculous. And in 2013, after almost 70 women arrested for so-called violating the public order at the Western Wall. Finally, um, Moshe Sobel, a judge from the district court, came out and said, look, women of the wall did nothing wrong by praying according to their way at the Western Wall. That's what everyone does when they go to the wall. They pray. The rabbi of the Western Wall wants to say that it's his tradition, praying it's only according to his tradition, well, tradition, custom in Judaism is, is something that develops over time. And women of the wall have been there for 25 years, back in 2013. Today's 31 already. They brought a new tradition, a liberal tradition, a pluralistic custom, one that says that women, too, can allow to pray according to their way. Legally, and that's our biggest revolution, our biggest breakthrough, legally, we won everything. One small problem. The current rabbi of the Western Wall, Rabbi Shmuel Rabinovich, will do anything in his power to stop us, to humiliate us, to say the Western Wall does not belong to you, it's my wall. And he came up with a new law saying that no one, men or women, can enter the Western Wall with a Torah scroll. So legally we can read from the Torah scroll, we just can't bring the item in. Now, at the Western Wall, there are over 200 Torah scrolls, and women don't have access to those Torah scrolls. So, on one hand... What about tefillin? Tefillin we can bring in. Okay. Because he couldn't find a way to get around that. Okay. 
because everybody has their own tefillin. Because yeah, you, you don't have tefillin at the Western Wall. at the Western Wall. Yeah. Exactly, but Torah scrolls. He said, "No, I have to stop them somehow. I cannot see them happy." So that's that's how he stops us from reading from the Torah scroll. We can't bring it in, and we don't have access to the two hundred Torah scrolls that are at the men's section. So you know what we try to do? We smuggle them in. Listen Where do you this. put them? How, how tiny are they? <laughs> we have a relatively small Torah scroll. Usually we don't manage to smuggle it in, unfortunately. But even if we do, why do I have to smuggle in a Torah scroll to the Western world? I mean, Jews for 2,000 years when they were in diaspora, they hid their Jewish items. They, they prayed in caves. They hi- had to hide their Judaism because they were afraid. Did and that's what Court Israel is about. With that? We went to Supreme Court. Um, we have, um, in January, we're going to go to Supreme Court again. Um, we'll see. We'll see what Supreme Court says. I mean, discriminating against us not to have access to the Torah scrolls that are at the women's, at the men's section, that's discrimination. And the fact that we have to smuggle it in, the fact that I was headed down, that I was body searched when I was pregnant because they thought I'm carrying the Torah scroll as my pregnancy, that's ridiculous. Doesn't it go to... It, Yesterday, we had Gadi Taub here, and we talked about how the court and the law and the judges, they are so, they have so much power. Yeah, and how much it hurts the citizen. But here you have an example, like the law is so, it's discriminating and it's so problematic. And if it weren't for the judge, like if it was up for the politicians, they would never be able to to pray. But I think that's, I mean, isn't that kind of democracy? That's like rule of the majority. The problem is that But even Israel, if it's in the rule of majority, you still have to take care of minority. I, I never think that if I'm going to be in power, complete power, I'm going to step on the minority. No, you don't. As I said, I don't want to take anything away from the old Orthodox community. Please. The, author, the ultra-Orthodox them. community is also a minority. By the way, I know, but yeah. I, what I'm saying, so if we're protecting the minorities, then they could also claim that. But I don't think democracy is about protecting the minority. I think democracy and I think people often get this confused. Democracy is about outlining a certain basic level of, of human rights. Majority of Israelis and want, everything else goes to majority. Majority of Israelis want separation between state and religion. But in Israel... Unfortunately, it all has to do with who is in the coalition. I don't think that that's necessarily true. At least it's not high enough on their priority list. Look at the past two elections that we had. State and religion was top there. No one spoke about security anymore. Lieberman, Kaholavan, everyone did. Who didn't? Lieberman mainly. What Lieberman, Kaholavan, Labor, Geshe Party, and um. I think the, the last, I mean, what I heard, if like, if I had to sum up the last elections, it was BB or not BB, to BB or not to BB. But it wasn't like, I mean, there wasn't real discourse about the religion state issue. It's not at the level because most people don't care about, and, and I'm not saying, you know, I agree with you. I think that freedom of religion is an important thing. I'm not sure in what constellation it should be applied in Israel, but I think most people doesn't it do, they don't care about it enough. When people understand that they don't have public transportation because of the monopoly, when people understand that the gay community can't get married here because of the monopoly, then they care. When people understand that it has to do with every aspect of our life, it doesn't have to do with every religious aspect of our life anymore. It has to do with our with our lives. Then they understand that they ha- that they have to stop it. And then because it hurts their pockets, it hurts your education, it hurts everything here. And then they have to say, enough is enough. We we must bring a change. Even when there will be separation between state and religion, religion is always going to be respected. When the government is going to have an event, it's always going to be kosher. The prime minister is not going to be allowed to drive on Shabbat because you have to respect Why? the fact that we're a Jewish country. Because Why? But I think, uh, again, where's the, where's the red line? Where is it? I don't get it. You think this is... I, I say he can drive in Shabbat, the prime minister and okay. the ministers, and, and this is still respecting enough Okay, religion. so I think everyone would have his own um their own way and we'll we'll get to a compromise in the end of the day but we all agree on the fact that judaism religion in israel cannot only be about 
the old orthodox way. It has to be according to everyone's way. I think less than 50% agree on that of the Jews in Israel. Okay, and there. Otherwise, it would have changed. That it, that it doesn't have to, I think I think there probably is a wide sentiment that's anti-ultra-orthodox, but I think it, it's not it, anti. It's just pro-pluralism. Uh, I'm not anti-orthodox. Well, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm not sure everybody's so uh, nuanced as you. I okay. think I think <laughs> no. most people are anti. I think most people are either anti or just pro something. No, but being but, pluralist is being anti-religion. It's the same thing. No, it's not no. true. And anti-orthodox no. and orthodox. No, yes, not so. at all. Why do I have to be anti to be pro-pluralism? It's the opposite of pluralism. Op- exactly. No, being, being anti-ultra-orthodox is being the opposite of pluralistic because if you're pluralistic, you have to accept. Look, right? the rabbi of the Western Wall, what he always says is the fact that the Western Wall is a place that unites everyone together. There are a few organizations um, that their whole purpose is to be against women of the wall. Um, one of them is uh, um, Save the Kotel. They actually have um, an incitement campaign that was is going on right now to raise money to bring in to bus in thousands of schoolgirls to demonstrate against our services on Rosh Chodesh. And what do they say in their campaign? Lev lo yechulak. You cannot divide the heart, meaning thought, the Western Wall. And what okay. I say is, if the Western Wall is a place that's supposed to unite everyone together, why do I see only men in those photos? Why do I see only the rabbi's way? If it's supposed to unite everyone, if it's a place that's supposed to represent everyone, please. Well, if the religious parties are representing all religious people, where are the women there? It's the same. It's and that's it's a big same. issue. You're you're right. Yeah, but the fact that they haven't it's not going to change. It is going to change if we agree to change it. If we're not afraid to step up and say change should be made. Then, the only reason that I can vote today is because women a hundred years ago came up and said, we're going to do everything in our power to change. Well, you know what? I'm going to do anything in my power to change the way Israel looks in terms of discriminating against women and the monopoly over religion because I have an obligation for the next generation. Let's do a little thought experiment. Let's say the Western Wall was controlled by women of the wall for decades. And it was a pluralistic environment where everybody could pray however they wanted. Um, and there was no separation, men, women, Muslims, Jews, right? Everybody turtles. was praying there. Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> also, but just one turtle. <laughs> but there, there was everybody there. Um, and there was a small group that, wa- that said, we want to separate between uh, Jews only Jews, a section only for Jews, and we want to have a separation between men and women. All right? This is what we believe. This is, we want, we need a section. There is a Jews only and separated between Meaning women. it's only, only allowed Jews inside and women and men um, are divided. Ha- need uh, spaces to pray separately. And we want a section. Otherwise, our needs are not respected. It would I want. I wonder. Would you think that it is appropriate to give them that space for uh, separating between men and women? If that's a way of praying, that's the way the Western Wall is today, and I have no problem with it. All I'm asking for is that there is going to be an alternative for people who want to pray, men and women together, for women who want to pray out loud, and no one uh, shushing them. At 2013, after many women were arrested and legally we achieved everything. Something else happened. Prime Minister Netanyahu was pressured, especially by North American Jews, to find a solution. And he turned to Natan Sharansky, the head of the Jewish agency, and he said, help me to find a solution. And the agreement that Sharansky was able to, uh, the compromise that was uh, given to us, and we sat down for three years of negotiations for that compromise with the rabbi of the Western Wall, with the old Orthodox community, was to take Robinson's Arch, an egalitarian section, the sun deck, as we like to call it today, and renovate it, turn it into an honorable and a respectable plaza, a mixed area, a separate area for women of the wall, but it's going to be a separate area, a mixed area. And then everyone will feel at home at the Western Wall. Men and women will be able to pray separately, according to their tradition. Men and women will be able to pray together. A mother can stand next to her son at a bar mitzvah, a grandmother won't have to stand on a plastic chair to see her grandson. 
reading from the Torah for the first time, a father can help his daughter to put on the tefillin, we agreed to sit down for, th for three years of negotiations and we compromised. We agreed to leave the women's section to, and to move to Robinson's Arch. Only and if they renovate the place, there's one big entrance, the government puts the funding and we run the place. Women of the Wall, together with the pluralistic movements in Israel. And that's the solution. What you said, if we would have to run the place, everyone would have, a, would have a place. I don't understand what's the problem there. And you know what happened? The government went for it and they voted over what we call the Kotel plan, the Kotel agreement. And then what happened? The Orthodox community understood. Outraged. <laughs> um, they understood that if we're getting a place at the heart, they're losing their monopoly and they will mm -hmm. not allow that. I promise you, they did not know that the place exists. They did not know where it is. The entrance is so small and inaccessible. They did not know where it is. But if women of the wall will be recognized in a respectable place at the wall, it means that Israel is recognizing pluralistic and liberal Judaism. And then they went out, they demonstrated, they pressured the two parties at the Knesset, they, their parties, they pressured the rabbi of the Western Wall, and they all drew their support. And that's where we are today. Here's democracy for you, Eitan. That's democracy. No, it's not it democracy. Not? It's monopoly. It's using your power in a wrong way. Again, we were willing to compromise. If you want everyone to feel at home, have a place for everyone. I'm not trying to take anything from them. It's not that I'm taking a part of their section. It's a whole new section. That's... There's even the Mugabe Bridge that separates between all of that. Their strength derives from the fact that they don't compromise. And your weakness, maybe, comes from the fact that you are willing to compromise. Those who win here in Israel and in the Middle East are those who are not willing to compromise, I think. But I have a better thought experiment to challenge you with, and with that we'll end. Let's say you get everything you demand. Mm -hmm. And in 20 years, you know how annoying millennials are, right? They're mm -hmm. just... So let's say in 20 years, there's a millennial movement, the nudists. And they, and they form uh, an organization, the uh, nudists of the Kotel. And they demand a section for nudists to, to worship the Kotel for nudist, nudist Judaism. There nudists. are certain okay. things that respect everyone. This does not respect anyone. In your opinion. In your opinion. You know, that's, that's the exact same argument the ultra-Orthodox no, say. No, come on. You're taking it down to a level that I don't even want to address. No, I don't think that's that's, he's, that's, you, I don't think he I think what the, 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 the parallel that Noah is trying to make is that I don't think he believes that your claims are out as landish out as outlandish as he's making. But I think he's painting the perspective of the ultra Orthodox that that for them your claims are that outlandish. Meaning for them it's such a a veering from the from the the right the righteous path. Not that I think that it matters. But everything we do is within the Orthodox Halakha, the Orthodox Jewish law. Even Rabbi Ovadia Yosef, may he rest in peace, came out and said, women can lay tefillin and pray with a talit. What was his problem? Why do they do it in public? That's his problem, that it's immodest for women to pray with the talit and tefillin because it's different. Nudity, nudity is, is something that no one will ever agree that it's within the anything that's... Um, normal for, for a public area in your for in your opinion so let's deal with it in 20 years no but that's also just kind of a common opinion in the 21st century yeah in most developed countries yeah. um yeah this is why it's a thought experiment but no, I, I think Noor just wants to go to the Western Wall nude. <laughs> November 29th, I encourage you to come and to see for yourself. Dressed. Dressed, <laughs> please. Please, wearing fully okay. clothed. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. I, th I, think, I think my thought experiment is... <laughs> Failed. No, it, it succeeded <laughs> immensely. Anyway, okay. I, I, think that, I think it has to be said that... I, uh, I think freedom of religion, first of all, the fight that you guys are fighting is a good fight. I think that people should be able to express their religious beliefs and their, you know, religious practices as ever, however they want. Um, 
and it's a legitimate fight. But I think it's I think it being a fight is part of it being legitimate. Meaning, you know, it's only natural that there's a the fact that I have to fight for it is wrong. The fact that I have to fight for my way to pray is just wrong. And you know more than that. The organization started 31 years ago. I'm 30 years old. It started a year before I was born. And the fact that here I am, the next generation, fighting for the same thing, that's absurd. And that has to end. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Uh, just a side note, Adam and Chava were naked. And then, until they weren't. And and uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, how can people support you? Uh, in many ways. The first one is to come um, on our Facebook page, Twitter page, to be involved. Come to Rosh Chodesh. We have beautiful talitot. And, um, you accept donations? We accept donations. You can buy a talit and wear your support. You can go on our website. You can donate. You can be a part. You can be an ambassador for Women of the Wall. You can invite us to come and give a talk at your synagogue, your community, a power meeting, wherever you are. We are more than happy to answer any questions. And um, just come and be a What's part of... What's the website? Of- www.womenofthewall.org.il Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Before we go, we have, well, we have a uh, collaboration with The Chosen One Card Game, guys. Visit them at thechosenonegame.com and you can use <laughs> our, it's actually a really funny game. It's like, yeah. uh, with this question and answer uh, card game. But not for Orthodox, I think, because it's... Uh, a, it, I feel like maybe she would enjoy it. Anyway, it's it's 17 plus. So, but you can <laughs> go to the, the website, thechosenonegame.com, use our promo code 2NJB, the number 2NJB, to you get, get a, a discount, discount and support us. And Hanukkah yeah. is coming up, Christmas it's a, it's is coming up. It's a hilarious game. We've played it in the gift. past, so check out our past episodes. You'll see us play it. Um, check them out. Also, we have a collaboration with the Jewish Journal, uh, jewishjournal.com. And uh, IsraelNationalNews.com. Check both this website out. And of course, we do this on our free time, guys. So if you want to help us out, 2NJB.com slash donate. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>